0: Discover the keys to success. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Good Karma. Whether you are a newbie or an experienced internet explorer, our host will find the answers that you seek, ask the questions that others are afraid to ask, so that you may reap the rewards of your Good Karma. And now, here is the host of Good Karma, Good ROI, Greg Nyland. Excellent
1: hey everybody welcome back we're having another excellent good karma show we're helping out all the newbies and the old dogs learn some new tricks uh this go around on the good karma we're joined by the fabulous lance Cottrell, who is from anonymizer anonymizer Anonymizer. okay we'll go with the proper uh, pronunciation there <laughs> how you doing buddy real good thanks um so for anybody that is unfamiliar with, which is hard to believe because it's a great service out there that pretty much most people use. Uh, Tell them a
2: little bit about your privacy service. Anonymizer allows people to be anonymous on the internet. So when you're going out surfing websites, uh, doing research, anything like that, uh, they can't recognize who you are, where you're coming from, so uh, you're basically invisible out there.
1: Which is very helpful. Because, you know, sometimes for uh, competitive reasons you want to be anonymous and other times you just want to make sure that people don't know if uh, health conditions and personal privacy issues.
2: Absolutely. I've been saying lately that I think in 10 years you won't be able to run for president unless you're Amish. Could be. You know, because if you've been online, you know, if if you were a teenager and had a MySpace page, how are you ever going to get into politics after that?
1: (laughs) But one problem with the Amish getting elected president, hard to cover the country in your uh, wheel and buggy. The buggy may slow you down a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it might not be able... Probably get elected as governor, I can see that, but covering the full country, not sure yet. Um, So what are the top key issues about online privacy? I mean, we mentioned if people want, you know, health conditions they want to protect. What are other reasons that people are unaware of why they might want to start protecting?
2: I think people need to be worried about employers. Obviously, a lot of people with uh, the the web 2.0, all the blogs and sites like that, they're posting all kinds of information, which uh, you know could definitely hurt their uh, career going forward. But even just from a pricing perspective, you know, we've demonstrated that if you can, uh, say, look at a hotel price from the U.S., you look at it from Europe, it can be a hundred dollars a night different. So they're targeting based on location, identity. Uh, history, refer strings, the ability to control who you look like and what kind of information is passed along can have dollars and cents implications. So,
1: in general, what can an individual do to protect themselves?
2: Uh, The most important thing is just to be uh, a little street smart. Think about what you're typing. Don't pump out all your personal information, don't fill out every form just because it asks you. You know, I think one of the first steps is, uh, you know, lie in the usual old-fashioned low-tech way when you're filling out forms. I'm sure marketers love to hear that advice. (laughs) Uh, After that, it's managing cookies and managing your IP address. So making sure you clear out the history that's used to keep track of you. Uh, The one thing you can't do just on your own computer, though, is manage that IP address, which is the unique identifier in the entire world. Tells them who you are, where you are, what network you're on. For that, you need to be going through some kind of a third service, like Anonymizer, uh, that allows you to push out and appear to be someone else.
1: Or, if you're really in the stone age and still using AOL dial-up,
2: then you're cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but there's only real, three of you there, so... Right,
1: And but having a real poor connection, so your choice. That's you right, know, that's use right. Use a professional service or use dial-up. Um, I'm going professional service myself.
2: <laughs> exactly, exactly.
1: Well, let's take a quick commercial break, listen to the fabulous sponsors out there, and we're going to be right back talking about what businesses should be doing to protect
0: themselves. Stick around. Good karma. We'll be back after this short break.
2: Excellent, excellent.
0: Are your ads managing you? Tired of click fraud and little or no ROI on your pay-per-click search ads? Take control. Reduce your costs and gain valuable traffic with effective flat-fee featured listings on over 245 search engines and web directories from the ISEDN.org, the independent search engine and directory network. Now free yourself from click fraud, bidding, and hassles with low-cost top-ten exposure for less than $4 a month from ISEDN. So visit ISEDN.org today and discover how easy it is. Maximizing your company's online revenue stream with affordable search engines and directory flat fiat from the isedn.org. It's a no-brainer. Reaching customers everywhere they search is smart business. However, reaching them through web and mobile search as well as free directory assistance with effective pay-per-call advertising is... Well, ingenious InGenio Paper Call delivers highly targeted phone call leads to businesses looking for new customers. And the advertising business only pays for new customer lead. Call 1-800-705-0632 today to ask about your free trial or go to InGenio.com slash web radio. That's InGenio.com slash web radio. InGenio. Simply ingenious. Generating buzz for your company is essential and now easier than ever. With Paperpost, the consumer generated advertising network, our powerful network of bloggers at Paperpost will creatively expose your product or service through original link generated ads and embedding video or audio on their sites. Launch your viral marketing campaigns with confidence and enjoy increased traffic with higher conversion rates only through Paperpost. Visit paperpost.com and join the revolution. Now back to Good Karma, only on webmasterradio.fm. Now, here's your host.
1: Hey, everybody. Greg Nyland here. We're back, and we're talking about online privacy. Um, So before we went to break, we were talking about what individuals should do. Now,
2: Lance, what do you think businesses should be doing? Businesses have a whole different set of problems because of the competitive intelligence angle. So when you're going out doing research on your competitor, there's two problems. One is they're doing research back on you. They can see everywhere you go, everything you do. I I know this guy. Only does consulting. Is do log analysis. Watch what competitors are doing. This is mostly in high-tech R&D environments, and he can tell you what product your competitor is going to release. What it's going to do and when it's going to come out, and by watching them go from sort of technical white papers through the product specs, the white, you know, the 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 slicks, mm-hmm. about the time they're looking at the press releases, you know, they're a couple of weeks from launch. Right. Follow the whole life cycle. And the other problem that we're seeing now, really growing area, is people who are using uh, identity to put out false information. So, say if you're doing competitive pricing information, if your competitor sees who you are, all the prices you see will be wrong. So they'll just totally fake you out. And it's hard to hide. If you're, say, pulling down, you know, 20, 30, 100,000 different prices a day, being able to, it's almost impossible to hide that without spreading it across a couple tens of thousands of different addresses.
1: Yeah. Um, But what about businesses that are marketing kids? You know, with that whole angle, on one side, you want to protect the kids. On the other side, the businesses are trying to get valid information in a legitimate way. Um, Where does...
2: Where's the proper place for online privacy um, in that realm? Uh, kids are a very special case because as a society, I think we've decided there's no such thing really as informed consent from a ten-year-old. Right, They're not in a position, so the onus there really falls upon the marketer to, uh, to be a good actor, to be careful about what they gather. From the parents' point of view, I think they need to be proactive in reaching out and protecting their kids, providing the tools uh, and the training, teaching them uh, what to do. Because kids have no idea about privacy and what's going on. I, I heard an interview with this one guy he said uh, he was this kid had a MySpace page and was blogging to it, and he was monitoring this. saw his daughter do something he thought was a little screwy, so you know said, "Hey, Sally, I, I saw you posted this," and she had a couch. She go, "Dad, that's private." i just not really clued in on this. Sad, you're not supposed to see that. Only the millions of people online are supposed to see that. It's private. Yeah, <laughs> and you know that—that's the way people think about that. That's kind of the the, the mental uh, image people have. Is that you're, you're sitting at home surfing the web in your underwear with the blinds down? It feels anonymous, you know. But it's really—it's the opposite.
1: Yeah, I don't think I could ever have kids. I don't think I'd ever be able to sleep after it. You know, just. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'd have to like. Be over their shoulder constantly uh, making sure, pr- trying to protect their privacy online. You know, they're just looking for a good time, and be, rightfully so, they're kids, but oh, it's a nightmare out there.
2: That's right. Typing in mom's social security number gets you through to the next level on the game, they'll do it. Yeah. And, but not just kids. I mean, there's also been a few cases of
1: uh, senior citizens, like uh, when AOL accidentally leaked out that data. And um, a lovely senior citizen down in uh, Florida, I believe, was contacted from that leakage of information.
2: That's right, the New York Times was able to trace it back. And, and that was, in theory, anonymized data. They'd hidden things like the IP address and, and all of that, and just from the searches. I was talking to some folks recently at the uh, World Privacy Forum, and it's amazing what people do. They were saying that they, looking through some of these uh, these search data, they find people who send an email, you know, because they'd lost their password. They get the an email back. It's got the username, the password, their email address, and God knows why. But they would copy and paste this into the search field of some search engine because you see the entire email showing up <laughs> oh. as a search string.
1: It's oh. hard
2: to believe the extent to which people are shooting themselves in the foot. Uh, wow.
1: I- I could only imagine if you had, you know, the databases of uh, Yahoo or Google and you did, you know, a query find username and find password and just to see the people, the things that people accidentally copied in there.
2: Right. I mean, when you've got billions of queries, it only takes one idiot in a million to give you all the, you know, give you as much data as you could possibly want. Yep. Um, well, what do you feel about Google's recent
1: uh, announcement about uh, anonymizing their data that they keep?
2: Well, on the one hand, I think that the uh, AOL leak experiment uh, experience really demonstrated that this anonymization is, is not really going to do the trick. It's easy to trace it back. It's clearly not enough. And, of course, it's still not anonymous for almost two years once they implement this. And in the right. meantime, it's totally in the clear. However, not to slam Google, no one else is even doing that much. So uh, yeah, at least they're trying. And I, I think the big benefit is that it will raise the issue and get people talking about it, and hopefully we'll get some some uh, better policy, better awareness. And again, just trying to make people think about this because ninety nine percent of the folks out there, you talk to them about how much information's gathered and what's going on, and they're absolutely shocked. Even though it's been in the media for a decade.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, until somebody gets hurt by it, they really. Um Just are not on top of the game. It's like uh, identity theft, you know? That's
2: right. Until it burns you, it seems like a theoretical issue.
1: Right. And then once it burns you, you start dropping a few thousand dollars buying paper shredders for every room in your house. (laughs) That's right. So, you know, you just need to do the same thing uh, online as offline. So, I mean, we're talking about a lot of things to be worried uh, in the online privacy, uh, you know, issues. But is there anything that's overhyped that people are too worried about or talk too much about that it's not really that important?
2: You know, I think people get way too hung up on on things like online credit card purchases, where they're they're so worried that their credit card's gonna get stolen by some professional system administrator making fifty, sixty, hundred thousand dollars <laughs> a year, but they're gonna hand it to some minimum wage kid on the street, you know, all day long. Uh, and in fact, the real the real risks of credit card theft are almost always at the database, and it's all ending up in that, no matter how you got it in there. Right,
1: you know, if you buy there, then somebody hacks in or, you know, and they could even hack in directly into your credit card company and get the information that way, Exactly, so.
2: or insider theft. Someone inside yeah. with access walks out with it. That's where the threat is. So, you know, I, I buy online all the time, as long as you make sure you're going to a you know, reputable place and you're not following some link in an email, you're going to be good. Uh, but right. I think people underestimate just the, 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 the amount of information they're giving up just by using the internet for searching and in, in the day to day kind of process. Yeah, you know, perfect point
1: that you're making there. You know, if uh, you do get an email and it says from eBay and you're getting a car for $100, just click on this link. And the link is for
2: ebay211.com. Well, that's not the eBay official site. <laughs> no, and these fishers have gotten pretty sophisticated. So it looks like a password reset email, or uh, we need to verify this transaction. Uh, you know, it's kind of gone from the the kid in the garage to now organized crime in offshore countries. The the police are kind of helpless against this. Uh, it's it's become something where you need to be uh, taking taking your own action to protect
1: yourself. Right. One in doubt. Type in the site yourself, go direct to the source, contact them, you know, because if you're in doubt about any of that, you know, when you're getting contacted first about privacy stuff, you know, when in doubt, contact them back directly, not through the emails.
2: Right. And, and we're lucky in this country where you're not having to worry about the government. We actually have projects in China and Iran where we're protecting the populace of both of those countries against their own government, against the monitoring and the censorship so they can go anywhere, anytime. How is that high speed uh, broadband in Iran going along well <laughs> actually you know what it, there's a huge internet user base in Iran it's ex- and uh, the government as part of the crackdown is, has just passed a law mandating I think no more than 128 K throughput because people are doing so much streaming video there right they
1: you know they uh, and that was smart on the government's part not very nice but you know it you got to admit it was smart on their part because when they control the media, and then all of a sudden you have a high-speed internet connection, you know, with really fast download, and you can do whatever you want. Well, that you know, governments can't control it. So
2: yeah, and especially you know, such a young population, uh, everyone wants to go everywhere. They're trying to control it. They're not being that successful. Yeah. Um, how do you, your services work with that? What we're doing is uh, we actually provide a proxy that changes every day. And we send a mass mailing into these countries uh, that says, here's the link to follow today. They click on it. Doesn't require client software, although we have a, an option for that if they want it. It then goes back through our system and out to the Internet. And every day that changes so the government can't keep up with it. Uh, and we're sending out tens of thousands uh, of these emails. The, the list is growing every day as people sign up. Wow, that's Excellent. You know, it's, uh, you should get a new
1: tagline made up and put on t-shirts, helping political dissidents stay out of uh, jail one day at
2: a time. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But you know, that, that's kind of the passion that I came out of as I started this company because I felt so strongly about free speech and access to information. And so now that we've got the infrastructure and the capacity, it's nice to be able to do these kinds of things, uh, you know, at a scale that makes a difference. Yep. Well, let's take another quick commercial break. And
1: then let's come back and talk about problems when you're traveling and keeping privacy and security when you're traveling. We'll be right back. Stay tuned, everybody.
0: Stick around. Good karma. We'll be back after this short break. Excellent, excellent enjoying top payoffs and unparalleled affiliate support is as easy as xy7.com just call 1866 XY7 pays and see how it pays to join XY7 for increased conversions and higher revenue via the newest and hottest ad campaigns call 1866 XY7 pays today or sign up at xy7.com and find out why thousands of other successful affiliate marketers already know so don't wait call now 1866 Xy7. Pays. That's one xy 7 XY7.com. The only ad network you'll ever need to get paid. XY7.com. back to Good Karma, only on webmasterradio.fm. Now, here's your host.
1: Hey, everybody. Greg Nile here with Lance, and we're talking about online privacy and uh, helping protect yourself. And since we are currently talking at Search Engine Strategies New York 2007, I thought it would probably also be a good idea if we touch base about, you know, the uh, spoofing
2: the hotspots, the Wi-Fi hotspots. Wi-Fi is a scary area, you know. So many people are uh, using the Wi-Fi uh, nodes at Starbucks or at the conference upstairs. Uh, it's easy, quick access, but they forget most of these nodes are totally unsecured. There's not any cryptography on it, so anyone can just download nice point-and-click software, sniff all the data, pull down the passwords, pull down uh, you know, the the internal access stuff, and even the secure nodes. You know, if you. You get it, one of these things, you set up the web, which is mm-hmm. wired equivalent privacy. I uh, just read uh, an, uh, a paper. This, uh, this group in Europe uh, now has a demonstrated attack that will uh, take down a web secured server and give you total access in under one minute on an off the shelf computer. Oh,
1: give me that URL after the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I mean, it, it's really something to be worried about when you're in the airport you know, like uh, JetBlue Airlines and a lot of their airports, they offer free Wi-Fi, and a lot of people have started going after setting up, you know, unofficial things, as you're saying, to steal those usernames and passwords, so
2: when you're traveling and
1: you're hooking up, you're going through the wrong hotspot. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's something they call the evil twin, so you know, if you're at, at, at JetBlue, you set up your own node, you just name it JetBlue Hotspot, and half the people are gonna click on that one and boom, you can sniff everything. It yep. allows you to run all kinds of what are called man-in-the-middle attacks. So you actually show the, the, the page they're going to, they see what they expect to see, but you actually just relayed all the data and kept a copy of, of everything they typed. Yeah. What does the future hold for online privacy? You know, it's gonna be a, a hard road. I think that as these new technologies come out, we've got Web 2.0 where more and more people are putting more of their information online. Uh, the threats are evolving very fast. Uh, there's a lot of good techno- technological solutions and tools to help. Um, user awareness is going to be a big thing, but you know, I don't see people stopping collecting information. The Internet's so international, U.S. laws are barely going to make a dent in it. So I think it's going to be a real arms race uh, and an issue that people are going to have to take personal responsibility for for quite some time. And
1: now your service is based in the U.S., and some people in the past have raised um, it—you know concerns about that because... A lot of people get government shy. So, are you going to follow the April Fools' uh, gag and uh, switch your stuff over to a North Korean embassy? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, you know it's funny over here. You know, a lot of people are worried about Big Brother. They're they're all worried about government. It's funny you go to Europe and and people are looking to government for the answer. Here, we're a little more concerned. Uh, yeah, the, the way we operate in the U.S. Uh, and provide the privacy is we have no records whatsoever. So we're sort of the opposite of what everyone's doing here. We don't have any database issues. We don't have any identity th- uh, loss issues because we have no databases. We have no records. We have no information about who went where. Sort of saves money on not having to buy backup lo- logs, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, our, our data our data storage needs are minimal at best. <laughs> yeah, it's a few kilobytes maybe. <laughs> uh so any final words of wisdom
2: words of wisdom i don't know uh i I think it's just important for people to be to be thinking when they're out there you know uh the the brain behind the keyboard is the most important security tool so just awareness of how prevalent this is is going to be the real key if people aren't thinking about it they're going to get hurt and uh any final words of wisdom especially
1: for the you know businesses out there
2: you know, competitive intelligence. I think online is uh, the huge and growing area, both from the perspective of uh, mining other websites, gathering competitive information through the web, as well as defending against uh, countermeasures. Uh, and you know, people should be taking advantage. There's a huge amount of uh, gold mine of competitive information right in their own weblogs that people, uh, I think, more and more need to take advantage of. So everybody listening, start protecting your own
1: stuff and start go looking for your competitor's stuff. That's exactly right. <laughs> Well, thanks for joining me today. Hope everybody has an excellent week, and we'll see you next time.